Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's podcast, we dig back into the archives for an episode with Southern Mississippi interim head coach, just named that a few days ago, Scotty Walden. When we recorded this episode, Walden was still the head football coach at Texas Baptist University, where he led the team to a 7-3 record, 49.9 points per game, and averaged 568.2 yards per game. Did an excellent job at 26 years old as a head coach. He's now 30 years old and has been promoted to the interim head coach. I know you're going to enjoy this one. Take a listen. Our guest on the show today is Southern Miss tight ends and receivers coach Scotty Walden. Walden comes to Southern Miss after spending a season as the head football coach at Division III East Texas Baptist University. He had the distinction of being the youngest head coach at an NCAA school. The Tigers finished with a 7-3 record a season ago. They also led the country in scoring offense at 49.9 points per game, finishing second in total offense at 564.3 yards per game, and sixth in passing offense at 365.3 yards per game. Coach Walden, welcome to the Coach and Coordinator Show. Hey, Keith, appreciate you having me, man. Coach, we're going to start with with your philosophy, and we're going to kind of whole part hold this thing and talk about your philosophy in general and then... Get back to, you know, what led you to this point, you know, where you learned those things, who had an impact on you. So let's talk sure. about your overall co- coaching philosophy and, and how you're building your program. And obviously you guys have been successful with what you're doing. So uh, what is your coaching philosophy? Yeah, you know, I, um, the whole reason why I got into coaching is, uh, you know, just having great leaders and mentors around you and um, growing up in a um, single parent home, like a lot of the, the kids we coach, um, you know, you kind of gravitate to that male role model, that male figure. And that was always my, my football coach. And so uh, I had a great mentor in, in Phil Young, um, who's, who was my high school head coach. Um, and and uh, he, he definitely a mentor of mine, a guy I look up to and still coaches in the Dallas forward area at the high school level. And, um, but but to, to answer your question on that, it's, it's just about impacting people's lives. I mean, I love football. There's no question about that. Love um, love the X's and O's of it. Love the, the day in day out of it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's such a it's so much more than just a game. I mean, it impacts um, you know so many kids' lives, and you have a chance to, to to reach out to a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of coaches, meet new people, especially in the recruiting process. Um, but but overall, my philosophy is just to you know to 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 be energetic every day, bring a positive attitude and a positive energy, and um, and to positively impact people's lives once they get done um, out of our program, once they graduate. So, Coach, what made you want to be a football coach? 
Yeah, so um, it's kind of kind of part of what I just uh, spoke about. Um, you know, when you know growing up and and you know getting to play sports, you know, whether it was basketball, football, you know, um, just always gravitating to that to that that male role model, that that figure, you know, and uh, um, and, and like I said, been blessed to be around tons of coaches, uh, great guys that have that have impacted me, and, and I was blessed early on to get. You know, I'm uh, you know was you know just kind of being decisive about what I wanted to do in my life career. I know, um, you know, some people, it, it, it takes a while for them to decide what they want to do in life, things like that. And I don't know why, but, you know, pretty early on when I was a junior in high school, I figured out pretty quick, I wanted to be a ball coach. There's, there's no question about it. Um, and I was a lot of it largely due in part to, uh, meeting my, my mentor, uh, coach Phil Young and, and uh, his impact on me and played quarterback for him. And, and, um, and so there was kind of no question. He was just this phenomenal Christian guy off the field, you know, just, just a great, you know, just a, nicest guy you'd ever meet then you get on the field and man he would flip that switch man and he would uh um he he knew how to turn it on and knew how to coach you up and and hold you accountable and so man i I wanted that i wanted to do that for other people um and of course i I just had a genuine love for for the game and and for playing it and i loved every aspect about it so it's kind of a no-brainer um that i wanted to, to do the same thing so coach you have the distinction of being the youngest college head football coach in america and you are, I believe, 26 years old now. Is that correct? So I actually turned 27 in November. Okay, 20, <laughs> so, 27 year old, getting old, coach, getting old. I'm getting, I'm getting up there. I'm feeling it. Uh, you know, with that opportunity that soon, it's obviously in some ways a, a baptism by fire. How how were you prepared to uh, to meet the challenges of being a head coach so young? Well, a, I don't think anybody writes the book on how to do this, and so that's a, that's kind of a blessing and a curse because it's like, hey, man, you know, you're gonna, um, you know, you're gonna make mistakes, and you know that going in, and you just you just do what you know the best. You know, you only know what you know, and um, and so I I only know what I know, and so um, that's the way we know how to do things, and, and so that's that's the way we've done them, right, wrong, and different. And when you make mistakes, you just correct and say, okay, that didn't work, and. and go back to the drawing board on this, but, you know, the, 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 the best way I was prepared for it was, you know, when I was 22, um, I was thrown into the offensive coordinator role in my very first um, coaching job at, at Sol Ross State University, and so um, that's where I played in 2011, played quarterback there, and then 2012 um, just fell into the offensive coordinator role. I was blessed to get that opportunity, but, um, you know, I was throwing the fire pretty quick there, too. First, you know, my first game calling a game, I mean, it was against a scholarship school. And, I mean, I didn't know that crap. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't know if uh, if the plays were going to work, if I had the right game plan. I, mean, I just was rolling with what I knew. And, and um, so it wasn't the first time I've been thrown in the fire. It was obviously a whole new challenge, and that's what excited me because uh, it wasn't just about offense anymore. It was about the program. It was about the defense and the special teams, the staff, the just the whole the academics, you know, the the whole um, aspect of running a program. And I've been blessed to work for two great head coaches, Wayne Schrader out at Solos and Josh Ergel, who hired me here at ETBU. Um, just two great guys that, that I learned a lot from and, and being around a lot of great coaches, having a great staff. Um to support me and to uh, you know to, to answer questions when I when I have them. Um, Scott Heisman's a guy on my staff right now that has head, head coaching experience, and I go to him for a lot of stuff. And so um, just being surrounded by great people too has, has made the the transition um, um, you know uh, easier than it than it would have been without those guys. And I know for you, you said the whole thought process of be, becoming a football coach started when you were in junior high. So 
along the yeah. way, what were some key things you learned that, you know, when you learned them, whether it was as a player in high school, as a player in college, or in your first opportunities as an offensive coordinator, what were some key things in your learning that helped in your development as a coach that helped you to be able to, to take on such a huge role within a program so early in your career? Yeah, I think seeing um, the way the coaches I played for prepared, you know, like uh, Coach Young, the high school uh, coach I played for um, at Cleburne High School, um, he would let me come up on Sundays. You know, I would actually come up on on Sundays. Uh, We'd come in Saturdays, lift after the game, Friday night and all that stuff, get a film in. And then Sundays, you know, the coaches are up. They 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 they'd be up there, um, you know, working on the next next week's game plan and um, and, and getting ready for practice and all that stuff. And so I, I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to see what that was like. He let me come up and just seeing the way they prepared for games, the detail it took, um, the uh, it's you know because as a player sometimes you just think you go out on the field and you just think these coaches just hey magically we're going to run this play we're just going to run this we're going to do that and it's it's amazing how much detail and organization goes into preparing just one practice. I mean, um, and, and, you know, we even see that here, you know, we, we, we staff meet about our practices and um, I mean, it's not just a, you know, I mean, we haven't solidified on what we want to do uh, things like that. But I mean, when you're planning those things out, it, it takes, you know, it, it takes some time and, um, and, and uh, just seeing that process and then break it down an opponent um, was huge for me. You know, they let me become, you know, a, a true student of the game by letting me come up to those, um, those Sunday kind of meetings. They had those coaches only and watching film and preparing for the next opponent and seeing all the detail and all the preparation um, that it takes to, to, to win and to compete. Um, and then in college, you know, getting to be um, in some great programs and seeing great off seasons. And um, again, the preparation that goes into that and just how important um, all the things outside of, um, a football R2 with, you know, with, with your offseason program and your lifting and your, your culture, your mentality, um, how, how just how vital those things are too. And it, it just really, you know, I learned early on that it's not just about talent. And I think that's important, you know, especially being a young coach um, that you understand there's so much more um, to winning ball games than, than just talent. There's a lot of preparation involved and I was able to learn that early. Coach, you've put together a phenomenal offense as well. This year you guys were number one in scoring offense in Division Three at 49.9 points per game and number two in total offense at 564.3 yards a game. And obviously having some potent teams out on the field is important. Um, before we get into that, though, what things do you do within your program to to build a culture that's going to allow you to have the success you you know you can have on the field? Yeah, I think I think you know number one with your culture, it's just about um, you know it's about bringing it every day. You know what I mean? And I, I learned that early on with you know being the offensive coordinator at, at Sol Ross was you know I didn't um, you know I didn't always know <laughs> what the best thing to do was in practice or know the best play to put it. You know I, I was I was learning on the fly a lot of times, but I, I just told myself um, and our staff, you know, we just said, hey, look, you know, we we know what we want to do, um, you know, from a philosophy standpoint, offensively. Um, but at the same time, you know, since we're a lot of us were, were novices, um, we just we said, hey, well, one thing we can't control is bringing the energy and bringing the attitude every day. And so I think, you know, I think your culture all starts with your, you know, your staff's attitude and mentality, um, and and the goals you set. You know, we, you know, you you got to have um, a vision for your program and where you want to take it, and um, and you have to get guys to buy in and, and unify um, towards a common goal. You know, and and I think your your tenacity. Um, you know, your, your attitude and your energy you bring every day. And I've learned as a, as a head coach, 
that, you know, everybody in this field house, you know, feeds off, you know, not just because of who I am, but just because of the position I hold, you know, being the head coach, um, people are going to feed off of your demeanor. They're going to feed off your attitude. And I feel like I walk in the field house in the morning with a, you know, kind of a, a bad attitude or a, um, you know, a lazy look about me or something like that. They're going to feed off that. But if I bring energy and I bring, um, you know, the, the positivity, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to feed off that. Our, our players and our coaches are going to feed off that. And so, um, but building that culture all starts with, with, with the mentality, tough minded, blue collar mentality that, um, we're going to come to work every day and, and we're going to give everything we got day in and day out on and off the field. And, um, we're going to hold, hold, hold our guys accountable for what they do on and off the field. And, and, um, it's, it's going to be a program that's very detail oriented. And, um, and it all starts with just how we, how we approach that every day. What's a specific maybe activity, strategy? I don't know if we call it a method. Something you specifically do with your team that uh, you point to as saying, wow, this is kind of a key thing in what we did to build culture here. Yeah, you know, one one drill um, that I, I mean, you know, we started last offseason was the first time we ever had, um, you know, I guess what you call boot camp, you know, in, in offseason, you know, and I think all great programs, you know, um, have great offseasons. And I think you ask, you know, the Mount Unions of the world, the, um, I mean, Northwest Missouri State and, and all the great teams. You look at what Tom Herman did at Houston, you know, um, they have phenomenal, tough off seasons. And so the, the one of the biggest deals to me is if you want to win games in the fall, um, which I, I believe you win games in the off season, you win games in the spring, and, and what you do in the fall is just a, just a product of, of the work you put in in the summer and the spring. Um, and so I think this is the most crucial time of year when you get back from Christmas break and you get into – your uh, your off season, and so we we started boot camp last um, spring for the first time here at, at ETBU, and we've done some other off season things um, before that, you know, but but I don't think anything like this where we were as consistent and as um, just tenacious every single morning with our guys, and um, and I mean it really uh, just from the mat drills um, to you know uh, pushing sleds and competing every day, doing some type of competition every day, but the you know the one drill that that we've done since uh, I've been here in 2013. Um, is, you know, what we call Tiger Drill. You know, Coach Herbal, the head coach I work for, brought that in. And, and uh, man, I think it's one of the best drills I've seen. Um, and we continue to do it here, a part of our boot camp and a part of, um, you know, a part of our, our off-season program. And it's basically just perfect 40s. And so, you you know, you've got 10 lines of guys running perfect 40s. And, you know, I may say that, hey, we're running two today. Um, but it doesn't always end up just being two. They got to be perfect. So sometimes we may say two, we might run 20, you know, depending mm-hmm. on how it goes. But everything you know, it's detail oriented from, you know, hand behind the line, um, making sure we're sounding off on Tiger family, make sure we're breaking down on the back end, make sure we're finishing through. You got a coach at the beginning and the finish and in the middle. And uh, I look at them after every single run and for a thumbs up, thumbs down. If it's thumbs down, they tell me who it was and why they, why they messed up. And so everybody knows, you know, if I'm number 32 and I didn't, and I didn't finish through the line, they know that my teammates know that. And, um, and you know, it's, it's one thing for the coaches to know, but when your teammates know, um, you know, you're going to get some, you're going to get some flack for that and you're going to want to, um, not let your, let your brothers down. And so, um, I think it's a really good drill that, that we've done here and, and it, it's ultimate accountability and, um, and it's very detail oriented. And so I think that establishes, you know, our culture of, of being a detail oriented team and, and also being a hard nosed, um, team that's going to finish through and that's going to uh, fight hard in between and, and come out fast. Coach, as you take, those intangibles that you're developing and building in your culture, you put them out onto the field and they go into uh, your offense. And let's first talk about the philosophy of your offense. What uh, objectives are you guys trying to accomplish? 
Yeah, we, we have five, you know, base, uh, I guess, which we call core values for our offensive philosophy. And uh, number one is ball security. And, um, you know, you know, it and I know it and, and all coaches know it. Um, that you know when you win the turnover battle you have a great chance to win that game so we continually hammer um, every single day ball security you know we we talk about it on film we we identify when the ball is exposed um, that is something that that that's that's philosophy number one that that's core value number one for our offense um, because we've got to protect the football and and that's um, especially with what we do and, uh, you know, with our tempo, um, tempo system offensively, you know, our, our defense defends a lot of snaps and they don't need to defend anymore, you know, with us turning the ball over. And so it's, it's imperative for us to, to maintain the football. And so um, ball security is number one uh, by far. Uh, number two is tempo. You know, everything we do, uh, we want to be fast and not just for the sake of being fast, but I believe that offense, um, I've seen firsthand what, what tempo does to a defense and, and all the, you know, how, you know, how tough it is to defend. Um, but at the same time, I'm a big believer in tempo creating, creates a rhythm for your offense. And we're a very rhythmic offense, you know, for us to be flowing, you know, we need to be in a rhythm. And so, um, tempo to me is not just going as fast as you can, just for the sake of going as fast as you can. It's, it's going fast to get your offense in a rhythm and in a groove. And that's when it becomes really hard to, to be stopped. And so we try to continually find that rhythm. But everything we do is fast um, from the way we practice, the way we, we drill transition, um, the way we meet, the way we, we take the, the practice field. I mean, everything I want our guys to do is is efficient and up-tempo and it's, and it's fast. I don't like a lot of standing around and, and uh, you know, it's kind of toiling our thumbs. So that's a big core philosophy, not only for our, our offense, but our program. Um, number three is, is execution. You know, we don't just want to run plays fast. We want to, we want to run them correct. And so, um, and execution obviously offensively is, is, you know, imperative if you're going to have a chance, um, to, to win. And then balance is, is number four. Um, and, and balance to me is not just being 50 50, um, uh, run pass. I, I want to be able to take what the defense gives us. So if we have to throw it 80 times to win, we're able to do that. If a team, um, you know, lightens the box and we have to run it, you know, 50, 60 times to win. I want to be able to do that. So creating balance and, and, and also being able to attack all areas of the field and, and uh, keep the defense on their heels. Um, then the very last one is physicality. You know, I, I truly believe that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a quarterback guy and I love throwing the ball around this and that, but I, you know, I'm a big believer that if you're going to win championships, win ball games, you know, you've got to, you've got to be able to run the football and you got to be able to stop the run. And, uh, and that all starts up front and that starts with the mentality um, of being a downhill vertical running uh, football team. And so that's, uh, that's what we want to be about. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. 
but raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. You know, there's a saying that goes, players play, coaches coach, and obviously you have some play playmakers to be able to have the explosiveness that your offense has. But at the same time, Absolutely. the coaching part is, is such an important part. All those, those days leading up to, you know, those six days leading up to the game. What are you guys doing that, you know, is, is unique in your teaching or the best things you do to help your players have the understanding they need to be successful on game day? Yeah, for me um... – you know, I'll tell you from a from a program uh, standpoint. One, you know, talk, talking offense and defense. Um, you know, I think I think one great thing we do uh, we started this year was uh, we we do pat and go with the entire team. So even the defense is um, is, is doing pat and go um, early in practice. And the, and the reason why is is because you know I want our program to have the uh, approach of of attack style and everything. You know, defensively as well, we're not going to just sit back and let a team nickel and diamonds you know we want to be up in people's face and pressure the quarterback and force turnovers and so you know you think how many times do your defense actually you know get to catch a football you know very rarely in practice you know right. maybe an indie and stuff like that but so in this drill what we do is is uh we've got the offense on one side defense on the other and your offense is just your typical pat and go you know we we work uh you know i'll call vertical and so while i call vertical the offense is obviously throwing verticals and the defense is defending the vertical route so the linebackers are defending the, you know, taking their drop and defending the seam, um, and then uh, our, our DBs are all working their drops and, and getting the ball from the coaches, and then we'll, we'll yell post, and so we'll throw a post offensively, and then our defense will work on defending a post, so their drops will change, um, and then the last one will be a quick game slant. You know, we'll just work a simple slant throw on the on the offensive side, and then on the defensive side, we'll work on defending quick game and, and just the catch and throw stuff. And so we'll break on the ball and, and, and work on, you know, catching it and ball to the chin and, and finishing to try to go score because, um, you know, defensively we want we want to we make plays. I would love for our defenses to score points. That's awesome. You know, that that's, that that changes games. And so we want to we want to work on that. And so I think that's a, you know, that that's been a really good drill for us um, early on. But other drills to get more uh, on the offensive side, um, two, two things that stick out in my mind. Number one is what we call run-throughs, and we don't, we don't really call them walk-throughs. We just call them run-throughs, and it's as simple as it gets, but – uh, with you know, with with my um, just experience, the more run-throughs we have, the more success we've had on offense. You know, I know um, the years we've been um, not as uh, explosive on offense. Um, you know, we have have done less run-throughs. The years we've been great on offense, we've done more run-throughs. And so it's basically just a time. And all you need is 30 minutes. You know, um, just, just especially during fall camp, we always find a, a a little thirty minute window or something like that. And during the week, we find about two to three thirty minute windows um, to where you know, literally, we're just we're running through our plays. Like I'm over there signaling. We're not talking very much. You know, if there's a bust or something, obviously we'll address it, but we don't take very long. We're literally just running through our script and working on our our how we call the play, the procedure, and you're doing it over and over and over again. And sometimes it can get monotonous, but um, 
you know, it's, it's a, it's a faster pace. Uh, I mean, the guys need their cleats on. It's not a walkthrough. It's not a walk and talk. It's, it's literally working our procedure um, and, and running through um, our offensive script. And so, um, that that's been a big deal, and then we have a drill um, in our in every practice um, called TOA, and we call it team. It stands for Team on Air, and um, and basically it's it's a it's a drill where uh, we incorporate the O line. It's like routes on air, but with with the running back with the offensive line, um, and we're going to work against the look we're going to see that week. And so we may be in a two by two set and working against the four two five defense we're gonna see. The scout team loves it because they don't have to do a thing. They just we just line them up per formation. We have a graduate assistant who will line them up per formation we get in and they just stand there and so our quarterback can identify, you know, who his read is, where these guys are gonna be, and then we will have our, our receivers work their routes and then we'll also um, you know, if we're if we're running an inside zone play, tagging the screen outside or something like that. You know, everybody's going to get a ball. I'm huge on everybody getting the ball. So the running back's going to work the mesh, and then our receivers are going to each catch a ball. There's not going to be a guy running a route that doesn't catch a ball. So we'll have, you know, X number of quarterbacks up there um, that are able to distribute the ball. And so a quarterback is going to get all of the options uh, in that single play. And so if we're running a a two-by-two play inside zone and tagging a screen to it, he's going to throw the screen to the left. He's going to run the ball in the backfield with the mesh and then he's going to uh, throw the screen to the right in his next drill. Just uh, kind of an example right there. But I think that's a drill where you get a lot of reps really fast, um, and that's the repetition, the way we practice, I think is, is, uh, is, is key. And, um, and, and that drill, TOA, helps us get there. With, uh, with your TOA, you didn't mention your offensive line, but they got a, they got a front there and they're blocking those yeah, guys absolutely. as well? Absolutely, yeah. So we'll work against the front we'll see, and even our O-line coach, um, if he if he needs to see a twist or something like that, we'll 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 go to contact up front, and so they're mm-hmm. the only ones that move. And so um, and so what we'll do is is we'll go three reps with the O line, and then everybody else, the skill guys, all rotate after one rep. And so they get running back gets a rep, receivers get a rep, they come off. Quarterbacks will assembly line down, as as I was saying, they're just going to go through each progression or read, and then the O line is going to get three straight shots. And the reason why I like for them to do that, our O line coach, Coach Cochran, likes for them to do that is because, you know, it simulates us in a game because, you know, we're going to run a play, then we're going to ride back on the, on the ball and run a play. I mean, we're going so fast. And so it's snap the ball, inside zone, get, set, get reset, snap the ball, inside zone, get reset. And then I'm, I'll probably change the play. Usually we'll go two reps of the same play, and then we'll flip it to the, to the new play. And so then we'll get a rep of something else. So I just want those guys working on snapping the ball, doing their assignment and then coming back and, and then getting reset again and going again and then we'll rotate them and it kind of helps them uh, you know, get in shape for, for the way we uh, run our offense. As you look back on the 2016 season, which again was a very explosive one offensively, what's a, a player or a concept you would point to as, as saying, wow, this was a big part of why we were so explosive this year? Yeah, I think um, I think just it's been a staple in our offense, you know, since since I started coaching. And that's and that's inside zone, you know. I think that's where our offense all starts, and you know, I, uh, we we just have so many variations um, that we do it out of. You know, I feel like we we do it out of ten personnel, twenty personnel, eleven personnel, twenty one personnel, uh, with motions, with reads and tags and all sorts. of I just think it's such a, a versatile play um, that gives us so many options. That's why I, I love it, and and I feel like you know if if you're ever in doubt or you're ever concerned about what that, that front is doing or anything like that, I feel like inside zone is always a safe bet because, you know, you, you teach guys and, and we, we're blessed with a great O-line coach and, and coach Josh Cochran. And 
he teaches those guys, you know, to stay within their cylinder and, 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 you know, not chase things and, and just let it develop. And, uh, you know, and coach Devario Dorsey, our running back coach, does a great job teaching our backs up and, and, and teaching, you know, where that hole's going to hit and, and their, their aiming points. And, you know, so I, I feel comfortable, um, you know, calling inside zone, uh, you know, 15 to 20 times a game if need to be, you know, I think that's just a staple, um, for our offense and, I think it's 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 uh it's it's a play that is the same for a lot of people yet we can put pixie dust on it and make it look different and and add a few options here and there and so that's that's why I really um I really think inside zone has been a stable for our offense since 2012. Now you mentioned that out of a lot of different personnel sets and you you mentioned using motion and those aren't typically things that uh high tempo teams talk about uh, how do you maintain a high tempo with you know maybe changing personnel with using motion and all those kinds of things from a procedural standpoint yeah you know with with personnel you know we a lot of times uh we, we if we start a drive in 20 or 11 very rarely unless the situation permits or the game slows down um by something you know will we change that personnel so a lot of times we're not changing the personnel in the middle of a drive um, but we were flexible enough to be able to utilize those personnel throughout the game, you know, when need be. Um, but if we start a drive in 10, you know, a lot of times we stay in 10. Or if we get in 20, we're going to stay in 20. Now with our motions, things like that, you know, I've, I've, that really doesn't uh, – you know, at first I really – in 2012-13, I really thought that, man, that's going to slow us down adding these motions and, and all these all these deals. But honestly, it hasn't, hasn't hindered us very much. Um, and, and I think one reason is our, our verbiage is really – really short I feel like you can get pretty wordy when you when you talk about motions and plays or play action passes um, I think that's when your offense can get really wordy and so we've just really simplified our verbiage to make it simple for our guys to um, to get that motion communicated really quickly and we're ready to go as, as soon as that that, that, that whistle is blown and so you know we and again it goes back to you know how we practice you know uh, we, we put a timer on our guys there's a, a drill in our practice called perfect plays where you know we put a, t- a 12 second timer on our guys and we're trying to snap the ball every 12 seconds um in practice and, and during that time you know that's where we run a lot of inside zone a lot of motion and stuff to see if we can get it off in time so we can work on the timing and the tempo and so we work it enough to where i feel like it doesn't slow us down um so it's 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 been good for us what was your most explosive pit play this past year oh haven't charted it um trying to get out the top of my head um, I think I think four verticals has always been a big play for us as well in the past game, and we hit a hit a lot of um, able to hit a lot of vertical throws this year. Um, so I, th- I think four verticals um, in the past game, and we, again, it's kind of like inside zone to me. There, you know, you, we run it so many different ways, and it's such a simplistic read uh, for the quarterback, and and I think uh, it gives you a lot of options, a lot of freedom as well. And so, um, you know, a lot of times he can he can tag what he wants to the backside or however he wants to do it. Um, and in the run game, like I said, inside zone for sure was the most explosive play in the in the run game, especially you know when you're talking full zone, lock zone, insert the H back, all that good stuff. Um, so I mean, just all those variations, I still count as zone. And then uh, four verticals in the pass game was was pretty explosive for us this year. Critical situation offense is is important. It's important to put in points on the board when you hit the red zone. It's important to yeah. keep the chains moving when you hit third downs. You know. Think back on the season. What's a critical situation that you faced, and how, what was your approach to it from a, a strategic standpoint? <laughs> we had a uh, probably one of the most um, nerve-wracking calls I've ever had to make happen this year. There's no quote. We were playing Louisiana College, our rival, 
Um, it was, golly, it was one of the best games I've ever been a part of. It ended up, we ended up winning 64 to 62. Um, but those guys, I mean, they, they would not go away. They were making explosive plays and, and they, they came back. We, I think we went up by maybe two scores. Um, you know, it was a two possession game, I remember, and it was like three or four minutes on the clock. And, uh, they, they, they cut it to a, to a two point game. And so it's 64 62. There's maybe a minute or so left, and we've got to. I mean, we've got to maintain a drive. They got all the timeouts, and we've got to maintain a drive to to finish off the game. Well, we get stuck in a third, and I want to say 17. And I um, mean, we get we have to. If we don't convert, they're going to get the ball with, with good field position, and uh, and a chance to win the game. And so, um, you know, we get to a uh, uh, third and 17, and and you know the the thought process at first was you know they were going to bring pressure and and. Um, and, and, and try to get the ball out of our hands quick. And, and you know, we, we talked about it on the headsets, and, and they, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of um, we made the right call thinking that, that you know, that they were actually – that they were going to back up on it. You know, we initially talked about, man, they're going to come after us. They said, no, no I think they're going to play safe here and, and back them up. So we decided to, to, to run um, just a version of Y cross. And um, so we, we hit a version of Y cross. But what, what came open and what we were hoping would come open uh, was a curl route. Um, and so we were able to, to, to hit a curl route probably about 12 yards deep. Uh, came, they, they, they bailed, and uh, we hit a 12-yard curl route, and he was able to catch and, and get the, the extra five yards or so. Just a huge window opened up um, as, as that crosser expanded, and the middle of the field opened up, and, and that post curl kind of opened up uh, on the outside there. We, we had a big window, and um, um, we were able to, to, to make a great catch and a, and a great um, – a great run after the catch right there for about five additional yards to get the first down and, and seal the game. And so that was a, um, that was a big time play, big time, um, big time execution by our quarterback and receivers and O line. It was, it was, uh, but it was definitely one of those, uh, stressful moments where you're holding your breath. Um, and, um, but it was a big time play that they made. Coach, walk us through that, that formation and the setup of that play and, uh, the assignments for everybody there. Yeah. So, um, we were in a, we were in a two by two set. Um, and so we had, you know, we, we do a lot, um, where we can move our guys around, but not change their routes. And so, um, we had actually, uh, flipped some guys, um, you know, outside going in, inside going out and, but we kept the routes the same. And so, uh, quarterback's progression, uh, started to his left on his quick out. He had, uh, his, uh, vertical route was his pre-snap. He knew that obviously, um, the vertical route better look, you know, pretty. And we, you know, he knows, that if they'd have come out and blitzed him and gone, man, he'd have had a vertical shot right there. He'd have taken. So we felt good that this play gave us options if they went man or zone. And uh, so they ended up going zone, and he did a great job of being patient in the pocket and using his eyes to the left to move um, the defensive backs. And then that crosser, I think, really, really got them. Um, one of our best players uh, runs that crosser, and so he attracted a lot of attention inside. And um, the back swung. They didn't bring pressure, so the back swung, and it expanded the force player. And then all of a sudden, that post curl opened up um, by our outside guy and, and finding that void. And, and uh, looked, our quarterback got off the crosser and got to the post curl route and uh, was able to drill a ball on him. I mean, obviously, those plays don't happen by accident. You practice those situations and, and uh, yeah. put players in those situations in practice, you know, constantly. What's your approach to situational offense? during the week yeah i think that's i found that you know when running this tempo system and and we're doing that that's the most important thing is the third downs in the red zone um and being able to because we were horrible at it in 13 and i think even 14 we weren't very good 
um, situational football. And so that was, you know, one of our big uh, off-season studies those years. And, and we've, you know, we, we don't really, we don't script anything in practice in terms of like team versus scouts. And, and anytime we go against our defense, we're just, you know, we, we just, we just go. But when we get uh, to a Wednesday practice, we have a, uh, we've got a third down segment and we've got a red zone uh, segment. And we, we divide, we divide our red zone up into five sections. And so we work, um, we work each of the looks we're going to see in those five sections um, on Wednesday. And so uh, that's the only thing that we script and the only thing that we card up. And so, um, you know, that, that, that play right there that we ran against Louisiana college, um, it was uh, one we read during that week on our Wednesday practice. You know, um, I can't remember exactly if we worked it against that, that perfect look, to not, look or not. We might've had it against man um, thinking back on it, but uh, our guys just adapted and, and executed really well. Um, but Wednesday practice is, is big time situations. Um, and then, and then our Friday practice, um, is, is, is another situational day. And so we, we kind of adopted in 2015, um, you know, coach Ergel, our, our head coach that was here, you know, really looked at the, uh, um, the, the chip Kelly style of, of practice. And, and we love, you know, at first we, we just, you know, we were looking at it and fell in love with it and, and we rolled with it. And so, uh, our Thursday practices actually turned into our walkthroughs. Um, in our in our special teams day and and then Fridays uh, we have just a brief 45 minute practice with pads on and, and and we go get it for 45 minutes then we're off the field and so that's a huge situational day for us too so Wednesday Friday are big days where we go third downs and we work red zone as well. Coach we're going to move into a different segment here called lessons in learning and focus on you and some of the things that you've been able to learn through your experiences and hopefully it's something our, our listeners can extract some lessons from. Um, so let's okay. let's think back, uh, you know, a few years ago for you back in the early days as a coach. And what, <laughs> what's a mistake you made in those in those early earlier years? And what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think a um, trying to do way too much. Um, I was trying to I mean, golly, when I was a Sol Ross and I first started, I mean, if you looked at my call sheet, I mean, I had first down calls, second down calls like who's like you don't need that. I mean, like it was a first and seven calls. I mean, it was unbelievable. The, um, just how I would stress myself out over these, um, things that you, you know, didn't need to waste time on. And so, and then we would try to, I think do too much for the guys. And, and it was amazing that our guys at Sol Ross picked that stuff up because I put a lot on them. I mean, if they, if they saw the offense now and how it's evolved, they'd be like, Oh, that's a piece of cake coach. I mean, we, we kind of, kind of air raid style, you know, we install our offense, you know, in, in three days and it's all done and in and, and we're good there, but in the, in the in the past, man, they would string out. We would just try to install way too many formations, way too many run game schemes, and we kind of narrowed it down to to, to six runs and uh, six base drawback passes and four formations. And it used to be crazy. It used to be way more than that. And um, so I think doing too much a, I mean, then b just you know not letting you know players play. You know, I think uh, I think early on, I you know we would try to over, I would try to overcoach the quarterback too much, overcoach a position too much. And, uh, you know, really learned to just let those guys play. I mean, just put them in a, you know, we, we've, we've developed, a, I think, a good system to where we've put guys in a position to make plays. Um, so just let them go do it. And, um, and so early on I had to learn that. And, um, and, and, but the biggest thing was not putting too much on them and, and being, um, being simple in what you do. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. 
Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's the best coaching advice you've received in your career? Uh, keep it simple, stupid. Kiss the kiss method, for sure, without a doubt. That, that's, anytime I'm debating on a play, debating on something, um, I mean, I just go back to that. I revert back to that kiss method. And, hey, at the end of the day, keep it simple and, and, and let, your, let your playmakers go make plays. Since there isn't the book on it and there's, there's not a lot you can rely on, we're going to let you give this advice. So if you're given an opportunity, there's those guys out there even at the high school level who get these opportunities very early for whatever reason. If you get that opportunity yeah. early as a young coach, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think um, you know everybody talks about obviously the money and, and things like that. I think that it's – that you know getting getting a, an opportunity early um it can't be about that you know you, you've got to look for my biggest deal looking for um an opportunity early is, is looking for a a, gr- a great opportunity to get hands-on experience you know I, I transferred to um Sol Ross State University um and they were not a winning program um it was kind of very I guess un, an unpopular decision I guess uh, you know among some of my friends things like that because it's like why, why would you want to go there but um the reason why I wanted to go there is because, I, I mean, I, I saw opportunity. I saw opportunity, A, to play, but, B, I knew that I wanted to coach, and I and I had spoken with the head coach about that opportunity once um, I was done playing, and, and I knew that no matter where they put me, whether it was with defensive backs or linebackers or running backs or wherever they would put me that next year coaching for them, I knew that I would get hands-on experience because we didn't have a big staff, and, and um, you know, in, in Alpine, Texas, not many people are – you know, moving the families out there to coach. And so, um, you know, that, that was, uh, I knew I'd have a great opportunity to get hands-on experience. And so I know a lot of people, you know, um, tell you to get on with somebody, uh, a great coach who's got a winning tradition and knows what he's doing. And, stuff, and that's great. And, and I think that's, that, that, that's definitely an avenue to go, but I, I loved just getting the hands-on experience and trial by fire. You know, you get in there, you get to coach your guys and I don't think anything beats that hands-on experience. Um, but you got to have some humility in that because a lot of times those early opportunities, um, you know, aren't at the most maybe prestigious programs at the time. But that's the fun part about this. You know, I, I've, I've, I love seeing programs be rebuilt and I love seeing cultures change. And that's, 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 that's an awesome deal. And so um, you got to, uh, if you can get an opportunity to get, to, to get hands on it, whether a position coach or coordinator, um, you know, at, at a place that um, it may not be as prestigious, but you see hope there, you see, you know, man, I think I could, you know, I could help the position here. I mean, looking for those those opportunities where, you know, those kind of, I guess, those jobs that no one else is 
you know, um, just, just applying to or gunning for, um, you know, 800 applicants or something like that. I mean, I, I think those, those opportunities, um, are the unique ones and the, uh, and, and the ones I would look for as a young coach to get hands-on experience, um, because I think you'll, you'll grow from it. Coach, what's a book you've learned from that you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I like, uh, you know, um, I, I like Mike Leach's Swing Your Sword. I really like that. I love, um, I love, I love just listening. And again, it kind of goes back to that kiss philosophy. I just love how simplistic he is. He's a genius, but he's just so simplistic with his approach and just to get to see, uh, see it from his own point of view and, and also learning, you know, how he came through the ranks. And I, I love seeing guys with humble beginnings from, you know, division two, II, division three, and, and, um, and, and even high school level, you know, cause man, that's, um, just a lot of great coaches um, have, have cut their teeth down there and, and then to see Mike Leach where he is today, you know, just kind of, you know, him and him and how mummy, how legendary those guys are and, and seeing how they develop the offense, seeing how they taught things, even their philosophies, you know, in recruiting and, and seeing that stuff, I think is really cool. I mean, you know, talking about how he handled discipline at Texas tech and, and things like that. And um, his halftime speeches, I mean, he talked about in his book, a, a halftime speech he gave against Minnesota one year that was, I think it was it was just awesome, um, and and just seeing his thought process in that book was 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 really unique and and uh, and cool. So it was uh, definitely probably one of the best ones I've read so far. Coach, what's your favorite piece of coaching technology, or possibly something you'd like to incorporate into your workflow? I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't you know I haven't done a, used a ton of. Um, t- I mean, I mean, I know this is going to be a just a. Um, very simple answer, but a uh, huddle. I mean, that's for sure the, the simplest and it's so user-friendly and, um, you know, ha- we haven't used just a ton of technology with our stuff. I know I've seen the virtual reality stuff getting big and I've actually um, had a chance to, to, to put that, that helmet on and, and uh, you know, see the defense and, and I've seen uh, that deal. And that's really cool. I think, I think that's unique, but also, I mean, shoot, you know, I, we talked in the off season already um, just about like bringing the quarterbacks up and, you know, you know, playing Madden now. I mean, golly, you can get on Madden now and, you know, put the quarterback against the look he needs to see and have him make his decisions. I think that virtual reality stuff, just just seeing things like that get bigger is really cool, unique. I wouldn't mind uh, looking at that type of stuff. Um, but but the, the, really the technology we use now, I mean, ma- mainly huddle and, and things like that, nothing um, uh, nothing too drastic. I think there's two, two pieces that, as I listened to you speak, uh, struck me as something that would be able to, be use, very useful to you and that you would would enjoy. And one was the, the VR for sure. And we yeah. we used it this past year at Oberlin College. I used a free application called Go Army Edge. And uh I mean it did it did everything it needed it to. We used it for our offensive line primarily, uh creating what we we call the simulation room. So we were in an old racquetball court. We put the projector up top, projected it onto the wall and they would have a defense against them and you know, we would just rep through picking up our, our blitzes, our pressures. So from an assignment standpoint, nice. it was very sound. And we did some things with our quarterbacks as well. Um, but, yeah, that's a great one to get started with because it's free. It's the, you know, right price. And it's easy no to doubt. use. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's GoArmyEdge.com. And the other one I thought about as, as we were talking about, you know, getting repetitions, as many as you can. Um, and we used it this past season as well. It's called Go Route. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Go Route. Yeah, I heard of it. Not 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 sure all all that it does. So basically, it's uh, they have a, a version now with the heads up display, actually a, a display within the helmet. But that one is like 
<laughs> that one might be out of budget, but the, <laughs> out, the, out of the budget. <laughs> yeah, the wristband wristband one's pretty affordable, um, and that one allows your players. You know, you have a coach working on the iPad or whatever, and it reminded me of it when you said, "Okay, you you know, your line coach on uh, team on air would sometimes give those guys contact up front." But basically, the coach just presses right. a button, and and uh, the defensive you know play appears on their wristband they see it real quick they could align and go so it does allow yeah. you to uh practice against a faster uh tempo defense instead of having you know to run in get the card see all those kinds of things uh you know no and doubt, i know how yeah. how critical it is to get that set up to be able to work your procedures in practice so um no that question. that's something that's an advantage as well um coach <clears throat> we're going to move into our two-minute drill here and just give you some quick question quick question and answer on some various football topics so here's the first one schematically what's the toughest defense to face um an extreme look either bringing four dropping seven and like a tampa two type look or completely loading the box and going straight zero what's your favorite goal line play I like a throwback of some sort. We've run one out of uh, a bunch set where we'll sprint out and try to hit a throwback to the other side. It's always been uh, kind of a good little special play down there. Turf or grass? Turf. What's your favorite backfield set? Uh, one back. Day game or night game? Night game. If you had to run your offense from one formation, what would it be? Uh, two by two. Ten personnel. What's your favorite quote? Um, Louis Pasteur, uh, famous chemist, um, he said, let, let me see, let me tell you the secret that has led me to my goal. My strength lies solely in my tenacity. Should the kickoff be eliminated? No. If you could pick one football coach from the past, either retired or no longer with us to learn from, who would it be? Uh, John Wooden. How about from the present? Tom Herman. How many teams should be included in the FBS playoff? I think eight. All things being equal, run it or throw it? Throw it. Good job on the two-minute drill there, Coach. Here's our, our, <laughs> our final question, and uh, kind of an important one. There's all these things we talk about, you know, all these things we look at as coaches that we build into our program, but what's the one thing you'd point to as giving your team the winning edge? I think it's the way we practice. I think it's uh, the repetitions we have in practice, and I think it's, it's the – the tempo in which we, we practice, the efficiency um, in terms of on the field and, and off the field. It's the way we, we talk to our guys and love our guys, you know, holding them accountable. Um, but I think, you know, from a football standpoint, uh, the way we practice, but off the field, um, the um, coaching the whole player, you know, taking a true investment into not only their football life, but their personal life um, and their academic life, you know, from you know, spiritual, academic, and, and football, putting those things together and, um, coaching the whole player, I think, um, you know, leads to them just kind of creating a, uh, you know, a bond and a family type atmosphere to where um, they want to go give it all out on that field for you. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. Uh, I look forward to you doing some great things in your career. You obviously already have a great start to it, uh, but thanks for taking the time to be here. I appreciate it, Keith. Honor, honor to be on. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Stay tuned for more news about the podcast and its future direction. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach K Grabowski. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast.